how many of you how many of you have ever been in a storm in your life? And I'm not I'm not talking about the, the, the kind the weatherman tells you about. I'm talking about just a bad, bad time. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Well, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going, we're going to find the Apostle Paul in a Eurocladon, a, 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 a horrendous, horrendous storm. And it's going to be a little different than the storms we have talked about in the past and we have covered in the past. And, we'll, and I'll share that with you in just a minute, all right? But let's look in Acts chapter number 27 and let's skip down to verse number 6. Let's, let's begin in verse number 6. Um, I'll share with you verses 1 through 6 and kind of give you the, uh, kind of give you the, uh, the runabout there as he's going through the Mediterranean on his trip. He's headed to Rome. And if you all remember, uh, last time we met, uh, he appealed to Caesar, and now he's going to Rome. Say amen. amen. So let's look in verse number 6. If you're there, say amen. And there the, the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing into Italy, and he put us therein. He's found a, uh, a weak cargo ship that is going from Egypt, going to Rome. Rome got most of, their, uh, most of their wheat from Egypt, and so now they're piled up on this cargo ship headed to Rome. And when he had sailed slowly many days, and scarce were come over against Sinaitis, the wind not suffering us, we sailed un- under Crete. That means, that means very close to the shore, uh, under Crete, over against Salmone. And hardly passing it, came unto a place which is called the Fair Havens, nigh whereinto was the city of Lycia. Now when much time was spent, and when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them, and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage not only of the laden and ship, but also of our lives. Paul's saying, I don't believe this is a good idea. I don't believe this is a good idea. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. And because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence also. If by any means they might attain to Phoenix and there to winter, which is a haven of Crete, and lies toward the southwest and northwest. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence they sailed closely by Crete. But not long after, there arose uh, against it a tempestuous wind called Eurocladon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, strake sail, and so were driven. And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship, and the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And, and now, now read, this, read this with me. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. All hope was taken away. Paul said, I don't believe this is a good idea, boys. I don't believe we need to leave here. Now we're going to do it anyway. And now all hope has been taken away. Now let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your, your mercy and your grace. I thank you for the privilege and the honor. It is to be in your house. 
God, I praise you and I thank you for all that you've done for us. Please help us tonight. Please speak to our hearts. Encourage us. Help us. Uh, Lord, these are the kind of storms that we have experienced in life. And Lord, we need, your, we need your help. We need your guidance. We need your exhorting tonight. And I pray, Lord, that you'll edify your children. Help us. Encourage us. Lord, don't let me say anything I shouldn't say. And don't let me forget anything I should say. And God will thank you and praise you for all that you do and what you've already done. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. It is good to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to, uh, we have one of, our, one of our missionaries here. I get to see you over there. All right. All right. Uh, they're going to come in just a little bit and kind of give us an update of the ministry and what's going on. And so, so we'll get to that in just a second. But let me, let me share with you this, this tonight. Uh, uh, the first thing, if you're taking notes, if you got your notes in front of you, uh, we're going to we're going to kind of go quick through this. We have Paul on his on his way to Rome. He is in a ship. Matter of fact, he has he has been in two ships, and and now the cargo ship he is in is headed to Rome. He has found himself in a mess. All right. Uh, uh, he is a, he has Luke with him. He has another passenger with him, a Thessalonican with him. And they are in this ship headed to Rome. He's found favor with the centurion that is over him and responsible for him. And, and so here we go, but he's still in a mess. And, And so that's what we want to talk about the storm itself. There's several aspects of this storm I want you to talk about. Now, let's do that survey again. How many of you in your life, sometime in your life, somewhere in your life, you found yourself in a storm? Okay, let me put it this way. You found yourself in a mess. All right, now, here's what we want to do. Number one, let's look at the first one. Number one, facts about the storm. Facts about the storm. First thing I want you to see, first, there are storms of discipline. Write that down. There are storms of discipline. There are some times in our lives that we will find ourselves in storms of discipline. Who is probably the greatest example of somebody being in a storm of discipline? Anyone want to guess? Jonah. Jonah. Say it with me. Jonah. God says, go to Nineveh. Uh, I don't really want to do that. He's going the opposite way. Look what it says. Look what it says in your notes here. The Bible says in Jonah chapter one, verse three, but Jonah rose up to flee into Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And by the way, how many of y'all have figured out now you can't run from God? You, you can't run from God. He's always, he, you, you'll never outrun him. Amen. He went to run from the presence of the Lord, went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the... Lord, say it with me, but the, the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea and there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. Now I'm going to condense this, uh, but he is getting Jonah's attention. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Jonah is in a storm, but the storm is of his own making. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know about you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to judge anybody in here, but I would just admit this and I'll just, I'll just tell on myself, but there's been times in my life that I've caught myself or found myself in a mess, in a storm because of stupid decisions I made. I made a dumb choice. 
uh, not doing what God wanted me to do, not, not following the direction that God has given me, not, not obeying his will in my life, I found myself in a storm. And I promise you this, if you belong to God, if you belong to God and you are not doing what you are to be doing, the Bible says, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. Now, if you don't know what chastening means, it's a good old fashioned word for whooping. God will get your attention and he got Jonah's attention. Now, then we have the second one, second one. We have not only storms of discipline, say that with me, storms of, but then we have storms of development. We have storms of development. Say, preacher, what are you saying? What do you mean development? God is wanting to develop faith in our lives. Mark chapter four, verse 37 Mark 4, 37, look in your notes. And there arose a great what? Storm. There arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And that he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and he rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that ye have no what? No faith. Now, this is what, this is what I believe. This is what I believe. Uh, if, you study, if you study this out, he's on his way to the demoniac. And I believe the demoniac is a trophy of Satan's power. Satan is the prince of the power of the air. He stirs up the wind. And you say, well, then that means the devil causes a storm. Yes, but God allowed it. God allowed it. There will be storms in our life, not because we made poor choices, not because we made wrong decisions, but because we are in the perfect will of God and God allows it to happen so he can develop our faith. He said, where is your faith? Now, why should they have had faith? Because they just got through preaching all day. They've heard the word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by. And God gives us an opportunity to practice our faith. A faith that cannot, a faith that can't be tested, can't be trusted. God is going to give you the word. He wants to develop faith in you. And then he's going to put your faith to the test. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So we have, we have faith or storms of development. God is going to allow us into difficult situations. I promise you this. I promise you this, that the storm of the storm of discipline and the storm of development felt exactly the same. They both scared them to death. In this particular situation, it scared them so bad they thought Jesus didn't care about them. Care is not that we perish. We're going to die. They felt the same. They looked the same. The wind sounded the same. The rain felt the same. The, the, the waves crashed the same. And I know what you're thinking. Well, how are we supposed to know the difference between a storm of development and a storm of discipline? The easiest question ever. The easiest question ever. What happened? What happened when Jonah? What happened when Jonah uh, was caught in that storm and they're trying to figure out what the deal is? What did Jonah say? It's me. It's me. Jonah didn't get in the corner and said, oh, Lord, is this my fault? Oh, Lord, have I done anything against thee? No, he knew. You know what I found out in my life? 
When I do stupid things, I know it before God whoops me. Because God has already tried to get my attention and get me right. Because unlike my father, God don't start with a whooping. God starts with a warning. My dad, he just goes straight to the belt. Amen. That fixed everything. There was no, there was no punishment fit to crime. A belt fit everything. Anybody have a parent like that? But you see, a storm of, if it's a storm of discipline, you already know. You already know why you're in it. You already know why you're experiencing it. You already know what you should have repented of and turned from and got right in your life. Come on, guys. Y'all got quiet on me all of a sudden. If it's a storm of discipline, you already know. If it's a storm of development, listen, you're at a place like, why? Am I going through this? Why am I going through this? If you don't know why you're in the storm, it's most likely a storm of development. He's wanting to develop faith. He's wanting you to see God. This is important, guys. We may not even finish this outline, but you need to get this. In this storm is where God is wanting you to see him in the storm. God is wanting you to see him in the storm. God is wanting you to see him and his power to say, peace be still in this storm. But tonight, the storm we're going to talk about is not a storm of development. It's not a storm. It's not a storm of discipline. Paul is not in, in, in need of discipline. He's in the perfect will of God. Paul is a seasoned saint of God, a seasoned veteran of God. He's not in need of development. Paul finds himself in a storm because of what somebody else decided. Because of a dumb choice somebody else made. And this is what we want to call this one. And this is, guys, this is new tonight. For years and years and years, I've preached about storms of discipline and storms of development. But I've never seen this one till tonight. This is a storm of display. A storm of display. Write that down. A storm of display. Now watch this. Now when you write that down, look back at me. Look back at me. Look at me. I got to hurry, guys. I got to hurry. In the storm of development, God wants you to see him. God wants you to see his power God wants you to see his ability so you will have faith and confidence in what he can do. Are y'all with me? But in the storm of display, the storm of display, God is wanting others to see Jesus in you. See, you will go through a storm, usually early on in your Christian life, you will have storms of discipline. Because many times baby Christians are undisciplined. Would you say amen right there? But as we mature and as we develop and as we grow, we'll go through storms of development. Because God doesn't want you to stay a baby Christian. God doesn't want you to stay a weak, anemic Christian. God wants to develop your faith so you can be a strong, seasoned soldier of God. Say amen. But then once you're at that place of being a seasoned soldier, God is going to allow storms to come in your life, even storms that other people cause so they can see God in you. 
Because you're going to find out that Paul begins this journey. Paul begins this voyage as a prisoner, but he ends up being the captain. Boy, I'm feeling God bumps right there. I hope you're getting what I'm telling you. Listen, this storm is what we want to talk about tonight. A storm of display. A storm where God wants to set you up as a, listen, as a trophy of his grace. God wants to set you up and let other people see God in you. And all God's people see it. Number two. Number two. We see storms of discipline, storms of development, storms of display. But then number two, I want you to see this. These, these are just the kind of storms. And then we're going we're gonna to focus on that last one it, down through the outline. But this is what I want you to see. Failures in the storm. <clears throat> where do we make mistakes? Where does mankind, where does mankind yeah. fail, fail? Where, where does mankind fall in the storm itself? Where do, we, where do we make our mistakes? Watch this right here. First, I want you to see this. The failures in the storm. The first one we see is in verse number nine. Verse number nine. Let me back up. It says, and now when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already passed. This is the day of atonement. So this is late in the year, September, October. We see that Paul admonished them. Paul admonished them. He advised them. He warned them. He said, sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage. Now, why was Paul able to say that? Because he's already been through three shipwrecks already. Paul has already had experience. He, he, had, he had the hand of God on him. There, there's a great possibility that Paul was given uh, a truth from God about this voyage and what was going to happen. And Paul, the man of God, said, don't do it. So what happens? What's the first failure we see in this storm? They disregarded godly counsel. They disregarded godly counsel. Now, I'm, I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible is true. The Bible is accurate. The Bible does not lie. And when it says there is safety in the multitude of counsel, it is telling you the truth. Now, I don't care what you think. I, I, I don't care what, what, what experience you have. If, if somebody that's got the touch of God on them, somebody that can take a Bible and say, look, I don't think this, 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 this decision you're making is a good decision. I don't think this person is right for your life. I don't think going in this, this direction is the best thing. You might want to stop and think about it a little bit. God puts people in our life. And, and, and I, let, me, let, me, let me clarify this. Let me clarify this. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you should, anybody that calls himself a preacher, anybody that calls himself a Christian, you just need to just believe whatever they say because, because there was people that, that, that I trusted and I had faith in that said this wasn't a good idea to come to temple. They were wrong. So I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you just have to blindly believe everybody, but I am saying you need to listen. And you need to spend some time in prayer. You need to spend some time in godly counsel. And the man of God said, this is not a good idea. But they said, well, let's go with the majority. They went with man's logic. Well, the captain says it's going to be okay. The owner of the ship, he doesn't have a problem with it. And nobody else, nobody else wanted to hang out there because it wasn't, it wasn't real convenient to be, spend the rest of the winter in that place. And so they disregarded godly counsel. I'd love to say more about that, but you get the point. We got to hurry. Yes, 
They disregarded godly counsel. Then B. B. This is, this is big. Look at verse number 13. And when the south wind blew softly, when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, they set sail. Now, what did I put there? They assumed success by initial appearance. They assume success by initial appearance. What are you saying? I'm saying when that, that wind was blowing softly, they was probably looking at Paul and saying, see there? See there, we told you. Now, I want everybody to get this. How many of y'all have ever heard this? A new broom sweeps clean. Does anybody know what that means? A new broom sweeps clean. That means that new employee is going to work real hard the first few days. Ladies, that new boyfriend's going to show out right away. But that's Dr. Jekyll. Mr. Hyde is behind the curtain. They assume just because of what they could see in the very front that everything's okay. I'm telling you, I'm telling you by experience. I've seen it over and over and over again. The very first impression is the only one they take and the only one they look at. No, 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 no. You need to get every impression you can. You need to ask every question you can. You need to investigate everybody that they know and everybody that was there. Everything. Say amen. Well, I just don't believe nobody. You better believe. They just assume everything is better. They just assume that just because of the way it appeared, this is a good idea. How many of y'all have ever heard that phrase, don't ever assume anything? Well, see, 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 Paul, see, you was wrong. See, Paul, you didn't know what you was talking about. Look how softly, man, this is perfect. How many of y'all know the devil is an angel of light? And he can make a person look like Prince Charming. He can, he can, he can make a situation seem like this is the greatest thing in the world. I want to give you one illustration. I, I, when I was in Bible college, <clears throat> my, my, my wife was teaching in a place and, and one of her students, they, they, his parents ran a, a locksmith company. And I was working, I was working at the golf course, working through college at the golf course. And, and, uh, and they, they were cool with whatever I had to do. Anytime I had to take off for school or, or, or my whatever. I mean, it was just, it was perfect. I mean, it, well, the, the locksmith company offered a little bit more money, a little bit more money. And I'm sitting here like, yeah, yeah, man, this is great. I didn't even pray about it. I didn't even ask, what's there to pray about, man? This is, this is 50 cent more an hour. You don't have to pray about that. It was a disaster. In the beginning, everything was fine. In the beginning, yes, we'll work around your school. Well, boy, God began to speak to me, and I'm thinking, uh oh. I remember, I remember, I remember one of the last talks we had. I said, do you want to be a preacher? Do you want to be a locksmith? You need to decide what you want to be. I'm thinking, well, well I already decided that. And I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm kind of slow. 
One night, one night, we had church that night. Well, we had to go to a we had to go to a factory and fix a panic button or a panic bar on the door with an alarm and all that kind of stuff. And 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 so I, it, it's going to make me late for church, where I was going to Bible college, and you had to check in. You know, you had to do all that stuff. And and so, well, I'm just going to be late. I ain't going to be able to make it. So we're sitting there, and and we're working on this door, just just minding our own business, working on this door. And the, and the owner was with me, and he looked out across, and, and across the, the pasture was a, two cop cars flying this way, lights on and everything. And he said, we have set off the alarm. We didn't hear nothing. We didn't, he just knew. And they come flying around. He said, he said well, I'll go, I'll go let them know what we're doing and everything. So I just kept working with a screwdriver this long. Prying on the door. And the cars get there, and I'm still here working on it. And I heard like a little commotion, and I turned my head, and they had him slammed up against the fence like this. And one of them hollered, said, get over here. Put that screwdriver down. Somebody inside had tripped an alarm with a code, armed burglary. We didn't have nothing to do with it. It wasn't even us. It was somebody on the inside that did it. And here we are. I was supposed to be at church that night. I quit the next week. I called the golf course. Can I come back? Yeah, man, come on back. Thank you, Jesus. I never assume nothing anymore. I don't care how good it looks in the initial. They assumed everything was going to be fine. But watch this. Watch the next verse. This is so, man, it just stands out like crazy. Watch, 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 watch. It says, it says, verse 13, supposing that they had obtained their purpose. Now, what they do, they disregarded godly counsel. Now they're just assuming everything's right because of the way things appear. But watch this. What, look, at the, look at the first four words of verse 14. Read it. Say it again. You know when you realize she or he ain't the one? Not long after. You know when you realize you've made, you've made a bad decision? Y'all with me? Anyway. But not long after, there arose against it a tempestuous wind. All right, now the ship's in a mess. The ship is in a typhoon. They can't keep her straight. They bear it up into the wind. They're just, letting her, they're just letting her be driven by the wind. It says, we had much work to come by the boat, verse 16. This is the little dinghy that they would tow behind them. And in order to get it in so that it wouldn't cause more damage to the ship, they pulled. It's like a, like a lifeboat, if you will. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? So it's probably full of water. And so they're working, working, working to get that in. They finally get it in. Verse 17, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship. And what they would do is run ropes or cables all the way under the ship to keep it and, and tie it to hold it together. How many of y'all know what I'm saying? Say amen. 
fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands. The quicksands were uh, sandbars that was off the coast of Libya. They wasn't sure where they were at, and they were afraid that they, this was a ship graveyard. And they were saying, we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to hit it. They strake sail. In other words, they brought the sail down, and so were driven. And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. So they began to cast out everything in the ship. Primarily, primarily the wheat. Primarily the wheat. This was their money. Usually the first thing that begins to be affected by a storm is your finances. And by the way, by the way, a storm will change your priorities. Do you know what, what wasn't really important to me when I was spread eagle on that fence? That 50 cent. Are y'all with me? Now watch. So they're throwing the weed out. They're throwing the weed out trying to lighten the ship. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. Now they're just throwing out anything that's going to cause weight that they don't need right away. So what's happening here? What's happening here? We see they disregarded godly counsel. They assumed success by initial appearance. Then see they attempted to solve it on their own. Now, here's the thing. They have somebody with them that told them this was not a good idea. Y'all with me? Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I, I, I'm telling y'all this. I'm telling y'all this by, by years and years and years of experience. Uh, Brother Dole and Miss, Miss Barry sitting right over there. Uh, they've been with me forever, and they've sat in meetings with me. They've sat in times where I have, I have begged and pleaded somebody, don't marry this person or don't make this decision or don't go this direction. Please don't do this. And then, and then they can testify, time goes by, it's a train wreck. And instead of coming and saying, how can I... What can I do? How do I fix this? How, what, they just keep on and keep on and keep on, keep on trying to fix it themselves. Have you ever heard the phrase that, listen, when you find yourself in a hole, put the shovel down? Sometimes we got to come to the point and understand that if we keep trying to fix it ourselves, we're just going to dig deeper into the hole. I don't know about you, but I think this would be the time that we needed to go to the one who warned us not to do it and say, hey, what do you think about this deal? Some of the storms we find ourselves in, we need to decide, listen, this is not something I can do on my own. And find that godly counsel. Find it. Don't wait till it's too late. Don't wait, by the way, don't wait till all the wheat's gone. Amen? Let me hurry. And worst of all, worst of all, now all of them are bad, but worst of all, verse 20, and when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest, you see, they couldn't even navigate. They couldn't find the sun. They couldn't see any stars. There was no way to navigate. They had no idea where they were at. Many days all hope that we should be saved was then what? The worst failure in the whole thing is they gave up. They gave up. 
Say this with me. Never. I can't hear you. Give up. Never. Give up. Never. It was at this point that Paul steps forward. Now, number three, we got to hurry. Mercy, we got to hurry, got to hurry, got to hurry. Number three, what was number one? We see the, all right, everybody, we see the facts about the storm. Number two, we see the failures in the storm. Number three, we see the faith through the storm. Now, this is what you, this is what you need to really focus on, guys. This is what's going to help you. If you've ever been in a storm caused by somebody else, this is, this is where you need, to really, you need to really tune in. Paul was able to step forward, and, he, and, and you know he had a sense of humor, because the first thing he said was, you should have listened. You should have listened to me. I told you this was going to happen. I don't believe it was in a I told you so type way. I believe it was, you see, you see, so he could encourage them more because that's what he's fixing to do. Now, now, if you've ever been in a storm that's been caused by somebody else, our first tendency, our first tendency is to is to focus on ourselves. Is to focus on ourselves, And instead of focusing on others, we begin to focus on our situation. We begin to focus on our condition. And I don't know about you, but when you focus on yourself, you're going to find yourself in a depression. You're going to find yourself focusing on, and, and not, not just focusing, but finding. Have you ever noticed that? That, that there may be one thing wrong and you begin to focus on that one thing wrong and found three more that you didn't even know about. Come on, don't get quiet. You know I'm telling the truth. Well, I didn't know this was that way and I didn't know it. Oh, what did Paul do? He didn't focus on himself. He focused on others. He said, he said be of good cheer. He said, everything is going to be all right. Now, here's, here's what I, I need you to get. I need you to get this, guys. This is so important. There's some things that we see in Paul's life that helped him make... Paul was the hero. Paul was the hero in the storm. Now, remember, you remember what I said? You remember what I said in the first point? Remember what I said in the first point? That storms of development is storms that, where you can see God. And you can develop your faith and strengthen your faith. And you can see the power of God in your life. But storms of display is where other people can see God in you. And this is what took place with Paul. Paul stepped forward and they could see God in him. And in and, and all three, in all three, and please get this. Whether it's a storm of discipline, whether it's a storm of, of development, or whether it's a storm of display, God allows it. God allows it. If you're in it, you need to be in it. If you're in it, you either need to be disciplined, you either need to be developed, or God has put you there for a reason so other people can see that you can make it and that, listen, God is in you. Somebody say amen. And so this is what you got to have to be able to be the hero in the storm. To go from being the prisoner to the captain. Say amen. Now watch this. Three things here. Three things here. 
I want you to see this. First, the faith through the storm. What Paul knew. What Paul knew. What gave him the ability to stand forward when everybody was given up. What gave Paul the ability to have courage and strength and, and to be able to encourage others when everybody else was given up? Look what it says. He says in verse number 22, <clears throat> I now exhort you. That means encourage. It means lift up, build up. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God whose I, what? I am. Whose I am and whom I serve. You say, preacher, what did Paul knew? He knew who he belonged to. And when you find yourself in a storm, you need to understand you belong to the most high God. You are a child of the king. You are, you, you belong in the family of the one who controls it all. You belong to the sovereign God of glory who can step out on a ship and say, peace be still and calm everything. Somebody say amen. If God be for me, who can be against me? Listen, don't come at me with that devil. Don't come at me with that storm. I belong to God and God is bigger than you. He said, I belong to God. He said, I encourage you. I've done, I, anyway, anyway, I got to hurry. I, I, I want to preach that right there. I want to preach that, but we're going we're gonna to go on because he's got something else that's good too. Okay. He had the ability to stand in the storm because of what he knew, verse 23. But not just because of what he knew, but because of what Paul had. Yeah. Verse 24. Verse 24, watch what he says. He said, this is what the angel of God said. Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. What Paul had? He had a word. You, <laughs> you, you didn't get that. You just missed it right there. That was a shouting point right there. You know what we need when we're in a storm? We need a word. We need to hear from God. If there's anything that anybody needs when they find themselves in a storm, especially a storm because of somebody else's foolishness, we need to hear from God. It's not a time to run from God. It's not a time to hide from God. It's not a time to be angry at God. It's a time to hear from God. And we, not, we might not get a vision in the night in a dream, but we can open our Bible and we can get a word from God and say, God, speak to me through your word. And I guarantee you, he will. What kind of word did Paul get? He got a word of purpose. He got a word of purpose. Preacher, what are you saying? He said, you have to go to Rome. You have to be before Caesar. He had a purpose for his life. You say, well, why would that encourage somebody? Do you realize that the devil's bullets, listen, his gunpowder can't burn till God's through with you. If God's got a purpose for your life, if God's got a plan for your life, the devil can't do a blessed thing till God's through with you. He knew everything was going to be all right. You say, how do you know that? Because God had already told him he had to go to Rome. And there's no way that this ship is going down with him in it because he had to go to Rome. If God said he was going to Rome, he's going to Rome. Now, this is just a side note. This ain't even in the notes. I'm going to just give you a little commercial. No, I'm going to charge you a dime for it. You know the best way to get bulletproof? 
You know the best way to get bulletproof? Serve God. Find your purpose. Get involved in your purpose. And if you're doing the purpose he has for you, nothing can happen to you till God's through with you. See, I don't even know if you understand. I don't even know if you understand the, the, the truth I just laid out to you right there. One of the safest things you could ever do is be in the perfect will of God. He knew he had a purpose. What did, what did the angel say? Paul, you got to go before Caesar. What did that do? Man, Paul said, that's it. We're good. Nothing can happen to me until God's through with me. And I have got to go to Rome. So he got a word of purpose. But then he got a word of promise. That angel said, listen, Paul. Not only, not only are you going to be all right. But everybody in this ship with you is going to be all right. You know how many times I've gone to the word and said, said, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. And just reading a Bible verse just fires me up and gives me what I need. How was, that, how was Paul able to stand in that storm that he didn't even cause because of what he knew? Because of what he had. He had a word. When you get a word from God for your situation, you ain't going to be afraid of storm. Then, then look at C. Look at C. It's what he did. Look what it says. Verse 25. Verse 25. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. Say it with me. For... Come on. Be of good cheer for. Come on. Say, what did he do? First, he exercised his faith. A centurion may have said, Paul, why are you so happy? I just believe God. Why are you so upbeat and positive? Well, I just believe God. He's never lied to me yet. You know, the problem with us sometimes is we get a word, but we won't believe it. God will give us some encouragement. God will share us a truth in his word. Come on now. I know I'm not just preaching myself up here. He said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to choose to believe he's going to do what he said he's going to do. Everything's going to be all right because I believe God. Now watch this. This is important. This is important. This is important. It's one thing to exercise your faith. But it's another thing to encourage your friends. What did Paul do? He said, boys, y'all need, hey, hey, it's all good. It's all good. Then, and I got, I'm hurrying this because I'm, I'm almost out of time. He went and got food and said, all right, now it's time to eat. Let's go. Let's go. And he spent his time encouraging those that was in the storm with him. Do you remember what I said in the beginning of this lesson? 
that many times we have a habit when we get in the storm to only focus on ourselves, to only focus on our pain, to only focus on our, our, our whatever, our struggle, our difficulty. But when we find a word and we hear from God, we have not just an obligation, but we have an opportunity to encourage our friends. And I found this out. When I spend my time trying to encourage my friends is when God comes behind me and encourages me. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Let me give you this last thing. Let me give you this last thing. Then I want you to see the fallout after the storm. What happened when Paul exercised faith in the storm? There's three things that happened. Now keep in mind, see this, this is why this ties so much together. I said the storm of development gives you an opportunity to what? See God. You remember? A storm of development. What happened? They got to see Jesus come out on the bow of the ship and say, peace be still. So they saw God and their faith was strengthened. Their faith was developed. But this is not that kind of storm. This is the kind of storm where God doesn't want them to see him. God wants them, the people in the ship, to see God through his man or you. God will develop your faith in such a way. So that you can stand in the storm when the wind's blowing and the rain's falling and all hell is breaking loose in your life. You're still standing. You're still full of faith. You're still doing your best to minister to those around you. And they'll say, man, God must be real because you're full of God. Amen. Three things. Three things. The fallout. The fallout. What, what do we see? What took place? Three things real quickly. <clears throat> They got to see that God's word is sure. What does it say? The last verse. And the rest, verse 44. And the rest, some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass. It came to pass that they escaped. What's that word? All, All safe to land. You know what? God will allow you to be in a storm even if it's not your fault. So that other people can see that when God says it, it'll happen. What's the fallout from the storm? They saw that God's word is sure. B, B, write this down. Not only is God's word sure, but God's power is seen. God's power is seen. The bigger the storm, the greater the opportunity for people to see God's power in you. I have seen people go through the worst tragedies ever you could ever imagine. And I'm thinking in my head, how are they still standing? And the only thing, the only thing it can be is the power of God holding them up. If God allows you to go through a storm because of the foolish decisions of others, He's going to manifest his power in you so other people can see that it was God. And the most, I say the most important, those two are really important. But for your sanity, for your sanity, this one's important. 
We not only see that the fallout from the storm is they got to see that God's word is sure. God's power is seen. But then God's servant is sustained. God's servant is sustained. Watch what happens. I'll just tell you because I'm out of time. So I'm going to just, just, it's there. Just, you can just look up it, okay? If a Roman soldier, look at me. Don't, don't, don't be wrestling no papers. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. If a Roman soldier lost one of their prisoners, if a Roman soldier lost one of their prisoners, they would have to give a life for a life. In other words, if one escaped, they would kill the soldier that was responsible for keeping them. So the soldiers under the centurion said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to kill them all. We're just going to kill them. So because the ships wrecked, they were, they were afraid they were going to get loose. But the centurion, watch this now. The centurion for the sake of Paul said, don't do that. Don't do that. Everything's going to be okay. And so instead of killing the prisoners, they allowed them to swim to shore and everybody was okay. Not because of anything else, but because God put on display his power through his servant. And even though you don't see in the midst of the storm what God's doing in that situation, I promise you God will sustain you so that others can see God in you. And all God's people see it.